this morning as I was just saying, God, what do you want me to share with the congregation, with those that are here this morning, maybe those that are listening online? Um, and God led me to a blog that I wrote quite a few years ago. It was actually in 2014. And um, some of you might say, well, why don't you write those blogs anymore? I'm just going to be honest with you. They weren't being read. I put a lot of effort uh, on top of sermon prep throughout the week. And Elizabeth would take those. She would make me look like a genius. Uh, she was actually an editor for Detroit News for years. And, and um, she did a great job with them. But this one, as I was looking at it, and it just came up. Came up actually on my feed on Facebook. It was just shocking. It was exactly what I felt like I wanted to share. So, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to simply work my way through this blog this morning. I'm going to encourage you to do several things in our absence. One thing is this: is be faithful to attending church. You can see this morning there's a lot of empty seats here, and just like most depiction during summertime church attendance lessons. And again, I said this last year, there's nothing wrong with taking vacation, but when we take the whole summer and turn it in vacation and we make those things more important than the things of God, that's where it becomes an issue. So I'm going to ask you to be an encouragement to those men that are going to fill this pulpit. They're going to be faithful men. They're going to be men that are digging into the Word of God. And I know this, it will encourage them to see you sitting in these seats being a part of what God's doing here on a Sunday morning or Wednesday evening. So I'm going to ask you to remain faithful. And I'm so grateful for all of you that have made it a priority. Uh, Continue to do that. I'm going to ask you to be praying for the men and the women that are behind the scenes making sure that everything's going on here. I think... One thing has become clear maybe to the our elders here is that they probably didn't realize how much I was doing behind the scenes at one point. And they've done such a great job with relieving me even of that in the last two months. And I feel a lot of weight lifted off of me and the, the burden is being shared. So I'm grateful and thankful. But do your part of what God's called you to do here at Momentum Christian Church. Do your ministry unto Him. I'm going to ask you to be praying for the body here. To, again, we're, we're encouraged by Jesus Christ Himself to pray for one another. Pray for one another. Support one another. Fellowship with one another. When there's an opportunity to fellowship, be there. Invite someone over to your home this summer. Get to know them. So this morning, I just want to go through this blog. It might be at times sounding like I'm reading, but I'm going to stop and we're going to look at some key points as I go through this. The title of this blog was this, Giving God Our Best. Giving God Our Best. What does that look like? Giving God Our Best. And that's one question I'm going to ask you by the end of this today is this. Are you giving God your best? Are you giving Him your all? How many know that we can do good things, but with God we can do great things? Have you ever heard that statement? It's a true statement. 
We can do good things on our own. But with God, we can do great things. So let me just get into this. This is this. As the pastor of Momentum Christian Church, a church that I love, I often have to ask myself some hard questions. Are we doing enough to minister to those that are hurt, broken, confused? Those that are in our own congregation and those outside the walls of this building? How are we treating our visitors when they arrive? I have asked myself this question in the past. Is the coffee we serve in the morning good enough? Are the programs enough? The question that haunts me the most than any others is simply this. Are my brothers and sisters in Christ growing deep in Christ? Are they being equipped? Are they loving one another? Are they being a body of believers who are seeing the power of prayer as the Bible has shown? Are we growing deep before growing out? Are we giving our best and nothing less? Momentum should be partly a place where we strive to give our best and to go out. Colossians 3, 23-24 reads this, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Jesus. The word heartedly there means this, to, complete, to be completely thorough, to accomplish with zest and enthusiasm. I, I love that scripture that we see there in Colossians. I've always loved it. It, it challenges me. It puts me in the right perspective where I need to be. It causes me to ask that hard question. Am I doing my work for the Lord in a heartedly manner? I think about that verse that says that we are promised an inheritance. And it will be a, a rewarding and a reward, Scripture says. This promise is for encouragement of us who are servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. And though we may receive little or nothing for our earthly and carnal world, yet we will be treated as children by the Lord. And we will be rewarded by Him. We will have this eternal inheritance after our work and labor is over. How many know that we don't often receive that reward right away? In fact, the Bible, and one thing that has always driven me crazy is this, is that uh, we have to be careful as Christians, and even as a church, not to pat ourselves on the back for everything we've done. Because the Bible tells us that when we do that, we've gotten our reward, and we've lost our heavenly reward. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to lose my heavenly reward. Again, are we doing our work unto Him and for Him and to Him? question I ask myself often. Why are you doing this, Dave? Are you doing it to be seen of men, or are you doing it because your Heavenly Father has asked you to do that? So my question is, is this, so are we going to give God our best? I can't answer for anyone here, but I can answer for myself. It's a resounding yes. Are we going to grow deep this summer? Question mark. I have in my blog here, how do you know if 
you're growing deep in the Lord. There's another verse that I love in 1 John chapter 1, 3-4. It says this, That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. So many times we believe that growing deeper is ingesting more knowledge. Now don't get me wrong, I believe knowledge is important. But how many know it's just not about having a knowledge of God? I have in my blog here, I know a lot about Michael Jordan. And I have to say back in 2014, I kind of knew some things about Michael Jordan. I, I could tell you at that time what his shoe size was. I could tell you what his stats were. But you know what? I could also tell you that he wore Fruit of Looms because I've seen the commercial. But you know what? I've never even met the man. I don't know who he is truly. I've never had dinner with him. Never had a conversation one-on-one. And not in the third person either. So I don't want you getting scared. But to truly know God, we must have fellowship with Him. This is something that you've heard me share from this pulpit often. Ever since the beginning of time, all God wanted was to walk and talk to us just like He did with Adam in the garden. They conversed together in the garden in the cool of the day. You see, growing deep includes a personal relationship with Him and fellowship with others. If you have those relationships, your joy, as the Scripture says above, will be complete. How many know that's true? Fellowship outside of Christ. Not having a loving relationship with Him. There is no joy. We can try to satisfy ourselves with things of this world. Like taking the whole summer off from church. The next question is, the next important thing that we need to be as a church that prays. At Momentum, we have many times, and we've corporately prayed together. We've prayed encouraging one another. And we always open our services in prayer. And we close with prayer. We even have a prayer meeting every week. And it says this, but I notice that those that go to that prayer meeting usually have the same three or four prayer warriors a week. And this morning we had three people in the prayer room. Since 2014, that hasn't changed. I've been in ministry long enough to see the power when God's people come together to pray. God moves on our behalf. He heals the brokenhearted, and He sets the captives free. He heals. He lifts up and makes whole. He changes us. I love this quote from R.A. Torrey. When the devil sees a man or a woman who really believes in prayer, who knows how to pray, and who really does pray, and above all, when he sees a whole church on its face before God in prayer, he trembles as much as he ever did. For he knows 
that his day in the church, in that church or community, is about to end. We need to be a church that prays. I'm going to encourage you during our time away. I know it's sacrifice. But I'm going to encourage you to try to make the Sunday morning prayer meeting that starts here at 9.30 in the youth room. We just don't pray enough as a church. And we need to do better at that. The next thing I have listed in this blog is this. Are we loving one another? I was recently convicted as I read this verse in 2 Timothy chapter 3, 2-9. through For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedience to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And from such people turn away. Many times we read this quote and we tend to point it to those that are in the world that don't know Jesus. But how many know that that's wrong? Because he's addressing, and Paul is addressing, those that are in the church. Under the power of the Holy Spirit and the inspiration, he's writing this to the church. He's talking to me and you. It's impossible to love others when we love ourselves. How many know that that's true? It's impossible. It's difficult. Notice in the verse, it starts out saying men will love themselves. The love for self is a sewage pipe. For all of all the rest of what uh, is in that verse is to flow down. I think about what's in that verse. Money, boasters, prideful, and on and on. Again, in 2014 I wrote this. In the last several years I've seen this shift from loving others to loving self. I personally have to fight this every day. In churches today we have fallen for the idea that if our programs are bigger, children and youth ministries are entertaining enough, if we shorten our services, if we play the most current worship music, and set the mood lighting just right that people will come. The church has become like a race boat with a high octane outboard motor on it when God has intended us to be like a sailboat who is powered by His might and His rushing wind. Then the the next question we have to ask ourselves is this. How do we see the church grow? It's simply by loving one another. That's what Scripture tells us. It says this in John thirteen thirty five. By this all people know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. This is a supernatural love. It can only be accomplished through the power of the Holy Spirit and by its fruit. In our lives. We also need to remember that God grows the church. Paul wrote this to the Corinthians. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. And that's in 1 Corinthians 3, 6-7. through 
We need to simply be obedient to our God and give our God our best. Depending on the Holy Spirit, we need to go out and God will do the rest. So Momentum Christian Church, I encourage us, I compel us to devote ourselves to one another in fellowship, to truly love one another, to devote ourselves to Jesus' teaching and devote ourselves to prayer like the apostles did in Acts 4, 34-38. And I close this by saying, running the race with you, Pastor David Missy. Church, I'm going to encourage you to do these things. Not just for the eight weeks that I'm gone, that we're gone, but to continue doing these things. I want you to ask yourself, what is my life really about? Am I serving others? First off, am I giving God everything I have? Understand it's only through the power of His Holy Spirit that I can accomplish anything. But how many know that we have to be willing? We have to be those that say yes. I'll stand and do the right thing. I think about the idea of loving one another. Are we loving one another to the point that when people come into this building or people see us in the world, that they're jealous about that love, that care? Wow, I want to be a part of that. I've never seen love like that. And understanding that it's only the supernatural love of God. Are you going to go deep in your life with Christ? And what does that look like? It all starts on a personal level, doesn't it? I have people all the time will will question whenever I use the statement that the Christian life is disciplined. How many know that that's true? Christian life is discipline. How many of you, sometimes, boy, you just don't feel like opening up your Bible or something gets in the way or time and life is just getting busy and it's just like, oh, i, I got to get at this. But how many know that a disciplined person will take that time because they understand it's the most important thing? How about that time in prayer? Again, I believe the Bible shows us we can have what I call shotgun prayers, but also, what about that time of prayer? That time in the garden with just you and God. That time where it's just so sweet. When is your cool of the day that you're spending time with Him? Part of this sabbatical is just slowing down for me. Growing deeper in Him. Again, it's. I, I believe that we. There's good preaching that goes over this pulpit. I believe it's the truth. I believe men's man's opinion doesn't leave this pulpit, and if it has and ever did, it's been addressed. I can promise you that. And it's good to have knowledge, but we must know Him. We must know Him. 
We've got to be a church of prayer. So I'm going to ask you guys to pray for one another. The elders have got quite the job this coming eight weeks. Six weeks? Oh. (laughs) They're going to have to look out. I know everyone this morning that's not here. I can tell you right where everybody sits here. I can tell you, I could do it right now. I could go down a list and I can guarantee you I would not miss one person who's not here this morning. They're going to have to pray for that person. And when week two shows up and that person's not here, they're going to have to find out what's going on. Hey, are you okay? Everything going well? Listen, when we're gone, I know this, Missy and I, we're not going to stop praying for you. In fact, that's one of the only things I'm going to be doing. I believe in the power of prayer. I'm going to pray for each and every one of you, for your children, for those needs that I know of that will not stop. But we need to pray for one another. The hardest question in all this blog is simply that one. Are we living for self or are we living for others? Are we living for Him? It's so easy, people, to get caught up in this. Become lovers of money. We can be those that boast. We can become those that are proud. How many know it's so easy to become unthankful? Unforgiving. We can become brutal. Especially in this day that we're living in. I would encourage you, listen, I I have no doubt over the next six weeks, things are going to get crazier in our world. Keep your focus on Christ. You know, I've been preaching, and as we preach through Romans, Again, I'm not a doomsday person. I still see the beauty in things. But I don't think, I think the Word of God shows us things are not going to get better, folks. And we have to prepare for those, those things coming. You know, you hear about this baby formula shortage. It's a real thing. And man, I feel for, for mothers, for children. But I'm almost wondering if six weeks from now when I come back, it's going to be regular food shortages that we're going to be dealing with. And listen, this is going to be an opportunity where we're going to want to hoard stuff to ourselves. I've seen the church do it before. How many remember Y2K when you were going to a church? Boy, everybody stood up and waited for that 12 o'clock midnight to, to roll over to see if everything was going to be destroyed. And I remember people hoarding and hoarding and hoarding and hoarding. But how many know that this is going to be a time for the church to shine? To truly show your love for your neighbor. Understanding that your neighbor is not your brother, but your neighbor in Scripture. The one that doesn't know Christ. It's actually an exciting time for us to show the light of Jesus. 
So I'm going to encourage you to remain faithful. I'm going to encourage you to come and attend service. You don't know how powerful it is just to have you sitting in these seats. And again, I, there's things I know, and, and I'm so grateful when folks let me know, hey, I'm, we're not going to be there for two weeks. We've got this and this going on. Uh, that, it, it does a lot for me because then I don't have to wonder. I have to, again, I pray for them, but it's like, Lord, what, what's going on here? And God, can you intervene? Because then I kind of know the backdrop. And listen, this is not like you have to come tell the pastor where you're going and get permission. We're not that type of church. But it does help to know just because then it gets me in the right frame of mind how to pray. So encourage one another. Pray for one another. I'd encourage you over the next six weeks, invite somebody over to your house that you've never had over. Go out to dinner with them. Engage. Fellowship. You know, Missy told me recently they had a women's thing here. It was two Saturdays ago now? Or last Saturday. What was it called? What was this whole thing about? Was it just a Brunch. There we go. I'm still a little foggy, but it was a brunch. And one thing that Missy had said is just how many ladies were saying how good it was to just come together and fellowship. It was so nice. I'd, I'd encourage you even over the next six weeks, do a potluck. Put one together. Sit down after service and, and, and eat together or Hopefully going to be talking about a church picnic and the, the meeting later on this afternoon. And, and come to those things. Be a part of those things. Get to truly know one another. I think of um, the men's Bible group that's been meeting on Wednesday night. Better Man. And I've missed, I, I was able to be streamed into two of those from work, from FaceTime. Uh, last week it just didn't work. It was just like, I'm going to have to miss that one. But how many know that through that better man even, I, I got to know things about my brothers I didn't know. I've been able to pray. I think, Kurt, I don't I don't, don't want to embarrass you, I don't. Really, but I've known Kurt for a long time now. I, I, think, I think back mountaintop days. Yeah, 12 years ago, I knew Kurt, and and uh, I thought I knew Kurt well, but man, I've gotten to know him so much better just by sitting around a table at Better Man and talking and encouraging one another. And, and, and that's where true fellowship happens is around a table. So I'd encourage you to do that. I'd encourage you to fight this making everything about ourselves. It's easy to fall into. I have to remind myself constantly not to. And then I want you to remember one thing. Is no matter how many programs we want to bring in, no matter programs or things that we think we can change, because change is good, and we need to embrace change, but God grows the church. And we have to remember that, that God grows the church. And, um, but God wants us 
to give Him our best. Through the power of the Holy Spirit that is working in us. I want to end by just simply reading something out of 2 Timothy chapter 1. Thinking about Paul writing his spiritual son Timothy. He was a young man. He was a godly young man though because of the inheritance from his grandmother and his mother. Two women that invested in him things of God. But Paul says this in verse 6 of 2 Timothy 1. For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God gave us the spirit not of fear but of power and love and self-control. Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony about the Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. And I love this verse here. I've got it highlighted in my Bible. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. How many of you know every one of you here, whether you're viewing online or you're sitting in these seats this morning, that God has given you a gift? In fact, He's probably given you more than just one gift. But He's gifted you through the power of His Holy Spirit. And I would encourage you over the next six weeks and weeks to come to fan into flame that gift. This is why we're part of body. This is why the church meets. This is why we gather for everyone to use their giftedness to strengthen the body. I'm so thankful for all of you, whether it's greeting at the front door, whether it's working in children's ministry, whether it's leading a Bible study or doing hospitality, whether it's being one of those people that are prayer intercessor, whether it's being those that uh, do those things behind the scenes like audio and video, counting the, 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 the offerings that come into the church. Administration, it's all gifting. It's all from God. And I would encourage you to fan it into flame. Come to church here the next six weeks expecting. What is God going to speak? Listen, I'm, I'm just gonna I'm gonna put this out there one last time. This really bothers me. And please, if you've done it, I forgive you. But please stop getting a hold of me Sunday morning and asking me who's preaching. That bothers me. Because again, the Word of God is going to go forth over this pulpit. No matter who's here, over the next six weeks, there's going to be faithful men that are going to be sharing. God is going to use them and speak to you through them. So come expectantly. And the last thing I want to say is this, is we love you all. Again, I want to assure you we are not campaigning. I'm not coming back in six weeks and saying, oh, guess what? Found another pastorate. Wouldn't even think about that. Throughout the years, we've had many offers to go to other churches. But God has called us to Momentum Christian Church. 
realized that. He's reconfirmed that again recently. And uh, we are here until God moves us. So we just want to say we love you guys. Uh, we're going to miss seeing your faces. You might see us out here on, uh, again, I, better man to me is life-giving. So I want to be here. Now this next week, I want you guys to be praying for something special. I'm actually, along with another man, Brian Richmond, is hosting a uh, Pastors in the Outdoors event here in Michigan. Uh, we're going to be staying on an island in Little Muscamute Bay for four days, and we got pastors coming from three different states, uh, one including here in Michigan. He's coming from Michigan, and we're going to serve these guys. I've been on these retreats, and it's been a blessing to me, and my heart is just to be a blessing to these four pastors that are coming along with, it'll be three, four other hosts, and we're going to take them fishing in the morning, fishing in the afternoon, come back, have devotional time, have deep talks because these pastors are hurting. These pastors are guys that need to be restored. And I'm going to ask you to especially pray for those pastors this week. Pray for that retreat. Pray that when they leave Friday, that they've found some rest, that they've been restored. A lot of these guys are on their last legs. A lot of these guys are thinking about quitting, exiting the ministry. And I know this, this is going to help them as long as they're truthful. I, I went to a retreat, <clears throat> when was it, back, back in last October? Last October. And because I'd been in Pastors the Outdoors, the first time I went to a retreat, I was completely broken. I needed to be there. It was in Kentucky. And it was gifted to me from the elders of the church here. And it was such a blessing because it was exactly what I needed. But this last Nebraska, I went there and I didn't quite tell the truth. I was going to this retreat and I, I, I convinced myself everything was good. <laughs> and I actually even talked to Dennis just recently and I said, yeah, I went to that retreat and completely was not truthful. And part of that is, is again, I, I hit this wall here at the church two months ago, and it was just like, wow, I felt like I hit a wall, and it was just like I needed need rest, need break. Uh, Jeff will tell you, I've, I told him just recently, I'm like my dog. I don't know how many of you have a dog, but our dog, when, when I get on her for doing something wrong, she submits. She rolls over on her back, puts her full, full four paws up, and, and she's given up, and that's the way I am. <laughs> I'm like, hey. I'm submitting to this. I have no problem. Pray for these pastors. Please pray for them this week. Pray that God restores them. Pray that they come there with an open heart, that they're truthful, and that they're able to receive what God has for them this coming week. So with that said, what I would like to do is this. I want you this morning to just gather around Get a group of people. We're going to pray for one another before I leave, before we leave, before we end the service this morning. I want you to just simply ask them. We've done that here before. Do you have a prayer need or how can I pray for you? And I want to take some time just before we end the service doing exactly that. You might have specific prayer needs here this morning. Simply let those people know who you're praying with, what those needs are. And 
let's pray for those needs. So let's do that right now. Let's find somebody here in uh, the sanctuary. Uh, if it's a family, find another group of people. A husband and wife, find another group of people. Or if you want to split up, you can do that also. But find somebody to pray with this morning before we close the service.